So I am pleased to be sitting over here with my friend Nathan Hoffman, Nachman Ben Fega, um, a neighbor of mine for now in uh, in the vicinity until they find their new house, God willing, really really soon. Um, Nachman is a uh, is a super interesting individual um, that is essentially um, a businessman. But I feel like Nachman, as we're going to really explore tonight, uh, is someone that's able to really infuse the spiritual aspect in business. So um, welcome, Nachman. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So My business friends know me as Nathan, so it's kind of Nathan. We'll go. We'll go, we'll, we'll go with Nathan. These they're, they're two powerful names, especially like in, you know, in the love world. It's it's a hard it's a hard thing for me because uh, you know I grew up as Nathan my whole life, and it's very hard to have that transition. But obviously, living where we live, uh, it's very easy to be Nachman as well. So. Yeah, yeah, and Nachman we should say is Nachman Ben Fega is Rebbe Nachman's. Of Breslov's uh, official name, and uh, and 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 uh, and not, not Nathan goes by that. So um, that's that's really interesting. Being a being a Lubavitcher with a with a super Breslov name. So yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's, and that was you know that was the parents there, and and my parents you know they grew up with really no background, um, except that they named their child a name they liked and then they would give a Hebrew name that had a similar tone. So N and N Nathan Nachman, not realizing that Nachman, you know, Ben Fega was the, the big tzaddik and not to mention Natan. Nathan was his Rebbe Nachman's right hand, right hand man. Student, yeah. His top disciple. And, uh, and our birthdays are one day different it's crazy. Uh, on the Hebrew calendar, the same day in the English calendar. So it's a lot of, a lot of crazy things, yeah. Wow. <laughs> right, that's it. The embodiment. So I just want to jump in with, with uh, Nathan's uh, short bio. So Nathan Hoffman is the CEO of the Galilee Culinary Institute by JNF, located on the eastern side of the Galilee in the greater Kiryat Shimona area. He's responsible for the strategic leadership and oversight of the Institute's operational and change management process. He made Aliyah with Nefesh Benefesh in 2017 with his wife Tutsfat and settled in the northern in northern Israel. Uh, Nathan has over 18 years of diverse experience leading business operations from both uh, startups and established organizations. So um, so Nathan, so what's the deal with with um, the culinary school, like what's, what is the culinary school by the JNF? Yeah. So, I mean, this, again, talking about this, this is how everything works here in Israel. Um, basically I was doing some work in America and working for some companies and trying to figure out what I wanted to do here. And for me and my wife, the biggest thing was how do where do we have the biggest impact? And I love the North and my wife, it was her idea to make Aliyah. So we came here. And, you know, I, I was looking for what I really wanted to do. And to make a long story short, I did some work with JNF uh, USA uh, when I was in America, in Arizona. 
I, I helped start their young professional program for the Arizona branch, learned a lot about what they did. And I was really blown away that, you know, they're building the North and the South of Israel. And so I went to a food tech event um, like four years ago and JNF USA was there and I saw their CEO, Russell Robinson, and we started talking and I said, look, if you're doing anything entrepreneurial in nature in the North, let me know. Cause I, you know, I want to build the North. I want to be a part of that. And so we started talking and he started telling me about a clone Institute and at first, I wasn't really sure what that meant. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't have any culinary background whatsoever. And um, we started talking more and more. And I spoke to Lior, who's one of the directors, uh, also um, from chef. America. Well, he's from here, but lives in, yeah, he's a chef, top chef, amazing guy. Um, and we started talking. And, and to make a long story short, I realized that this was a, this was a huge opportunity for starting something new and, and really looking into what was needed. It wasn't that they had something established that they wanted to do uh, right away. They knew they, they wanted a culinary institute, but didn't know what that meant uh, in terms of how long should the program be? What is the program? What would we do? And so I love the entrepreneurial aspects of putting things together. That's what I loved. Uh, that was one of my, the, the most favorite things for me to do is just try to help figure it out, um, put the pieces together, put the right pieces in place. And so we started talking and they told us about the opportunity and then I was blown away. And then I started to realize what was happening in the north of Israel and realize what an opportunity um, to really be the pioneers of the north, which, you know, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, they're built very well. You know, they have a great, you know, great communities and they're thriving and, and doing great work, uh, whether it's technology or in the spiritual side. Uh, Spot obviously has a big spiritual side, but the north is really lacking on the business side. You know, a lot of people go to college in the north. They'll go to Tel Chai or somewhere, you know, the Canaric College um, or here in Sfat, and everyone leaves. No one stays uh, because there's no jobs. And there's nothing to do. And so we realized the impact this would have. And this is what, why JNF is doing it, because it's all about impact in the north. It's all about people staying in the north, living in the north, families coming to the north, tourism. And so um, that was what was decided because of what's happening in the region right now, food and ag tech. Uh, is moving up north. There's a lot of incubators and accelerators all focused on food. And then you have so many great culinary businesses in the north, you know, vineyards, as I'm sure you're quite well, well aware. Um, but so much untapped, like beauty here in the north. And, and so this is how it kind of all came together. And, and like I said, I, it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge blessing. That's 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 amazing. So I, I just want to say JNF stands for Jewish National Fund, and yep. the Jewish National Fund was established in the mid eighteen hundreds, I believe. Yeah. So I think I think officially it was I think it was officially end of eighteen hundreds, but I think nineteen oh one was like the beginning of the of like the actual start. Wow. And so there's a big difference between Karen Kayemet and JNF USA, just so people know. Um, it used to be there used to be all one under the same umbrella, JNF or Karen Kayemet were all one group. And then in 99, um, JNF USA decided like they, they, first of all, there's a lot of politics involved here with Karen Kayemet and they didn't want to be involved with politics. And JNF USA had its own funding. They didn't have to really worry about, um, you know, fundraising and, and, you know, the, obviously the U.S. the U.S. has a very strong market and big, big uh, philanthropists and people that are really want to make, you know, Israel, um, you know, thrive. And so basically they split in 99 and their whole focus, JNF USA, their focus is building the North and the South of Israel. Wow. And that is really where they focus all their, their attention. Um, they're doing a huge project in the South. They're creating a world Zionist village um, in Beersheba. 
uh, I mean, three hundred million dollar USD pro project. I mean, it is going to be amazing, amazing. So wow. this and the Culinary Institute's the second largest, and it's you know nowhere near uh, three hundred million dollars. But uh, you know, they're really changing the game, uh, and they're really they're really visionaries. Jenna USA really sees what is needed. They do a lot of the work. They talk to the, the local municipalities. They they really work hand in hand with the people in the area to figure out what is needed. And because of all that's happening in the north with food and ag tech and technology and the amazing businesses and people and ethnicities in the north, uh, it was the perfect place to have this. And Israel has no international institute. And they really have no culinary institute that is known um, at all. Um, the the culinary scene here is amazing, and there's no there's no institute that helps put it all together so that's where this all came together and like i said jnf usa is, is amazing that's 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 amazing i mean I, i'm i'm always like i'm fascinated by the fact that israel whoever comes and visits israel they're in love with the land obviously but they're in land they're, they're, they're in love with the food like when you go and you just you what's so interesting about israel is the diversity because you have so many Jewish people that have come back to the land from all these different countries, from, you know, Morocco, from Yemen, from Germany, from yeah. France, from Italy, from, and then you've got the Ethiopians now, and you've got all these like spices also at the same time. And they all come to, they all come together. And this is what like really just fascinated me about this project, the uh, culinary school, because in so many ways it is bringing together the on, on the society level because everyone loves food everyone yep. loves food they say like the jew you know jewish people like we won the war now let's sell let's eat right so yep. it's like we're we're always eating we we love you know and who doesn't love it right and everyone loves to come around the table and, and eat and to savor whatever different different dishes so it's bringing together a lot of different people but at the same time what fascinates me and where i want to maybe juncture with um with you on is this is the spiritual dynamic you know coming into into this arena of food is a very what we call in hebrew gashmias it's a very like you know from the spiritual level it's like you know it's something material right at the same time, when you go deeper into and you're actually learning, you know, the depth of what, you know, what Kabbalah and Hasidus teach us, that it's all found in the physical and the material. So I'm just wondering, because you're, you know, your, your background is, you know, you came to the spirituality to, to become who you are. And we're going to go into also that, that sense of discipline that, that really brought you to where you're at now, but that sense of um, spirituality that you infuse in as being a CEO in the food industry, you know, can you, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, so one big thing about this is everything is done with intention and purpose. You know, food is everyone you, you can't live without it. And it's something you consume three times a day, if not much more. And so when you eat, you know, the, the food and the spiritual, you could tell there's a spiritual essence in everything we eat. Um, and especially here more in Israel, I believe Israel, obviously we know that the land is, is very special. Um, it's holy. And, and so everything that comes from the land has this unique uh, ability to really, you know, provide energy. And so to me, I mean, everything is, is, you know, seeing the spiritual in the physical and, you know, what better way to bring people together and to create meaningful relationships 
and to really have deep discussions uh, through food, you know, and, and food is one of our, you know, it's, it's everything when it comes to the Jewish people and, and, and people in general, you know, and we have five major goals at the, the Culinary Institute. And one of them is bringing people together around the table through food. And, you know, you have lots of issues, even with, you know, your neighbors and you say, you know, the, you know, different, you know, backgrounds and different people. The point is everyone can come together around food. And so highlighting these things is, is unique. And, and we also want to give people this, this experience, uh, this experience that's not your typical dining experience, utilizing the different senses, uh, really changing the game when it comes to culinary. And so in everything we do, we want to give... Um, you know, we also are very big on storytelling at the Institute. And so, you know, that's understanding the story, the background, the dynamic, and that includes everything from the history to the spiritual side. You know, it's, it's very, you know, unique to be able to put all these things together uh, around food uh, and helping people and, and, and looking for ways to, you know, help the community. And it's a big thing that we do as well. We really want to make sure we take care of the community and what is needed and to help feed people. So, it's you just can't you can't remove the spiritual from physical. It's it's really it's it's impossible. Um, and so what we really would hope are hoping to do is is bring out the full essence of everything that people eat, and they're, and they're more mindful of it. That um, you know you're, you're mindful of what you're putting in your body and why, where it came from, and the different aspects and and cultures that have you know put it all together. So. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 beautiful, and and there's the artistic part of it as well because in order to, I know, um, oh I forgot his name, the chef that that you work with, yeah, um, Lior, Lior. 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 So yeah. he's a he's a master um, with all the spices. Yeah, my you know? master spice blender, a master chef. I mean the guy's he's incredible. He's really an amazing guy. So I always find that that because I'm I'm involved with wine as well. And it's a it's a passion of of understanding, you know that that food is like you're saying. There's something there's something very physical about it, but it's what you infuse into it, and the intention behind it. So when you produce a certain, if it's a certain food or for certain wine, and even how you blend it, takes takes a tremendous amount of creativity. But it's also you're giving it you you're giving yourself up to something higher. And yep. you're, you're, there's a belief, you know, that you infuse in it, you know, and the Lubavitcher used to say that like when, um, that when, uh, when we cook in the kitchen, we should make sure to put a pushka a charity box, because when you put in a little bit of, of charity, whatever it is, a dollar, whatever it is you're putting in there, and then you're going to cook. So then there's going to be something exponentially better. So even the physical is just infused in a different way from from the spiritual yeah and i think i think in general also as the individual you know the individual individual puts their whole heart and soul into what they're doing so someone who's very creative and, and very passionate about culinary it's impossible to not get what was put into it you know on, on a spiritual yeah. level as well and that is something i think you know that's why some of the, the best you know chefs and, and culinary artists you know that's that's what they're infusing as well you can't you can't duplicate it by just taking a recipe because there's something else, uh, the intangible that is added to dishes that, you know, people feel. And I think that's why also, you know, with Shabbat, you can tell there's, there's so much energy that gets put into it um, beyond the, the physical touch that uh, can't really be duplicated. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like they say the story of um, Rabbi Yuda Nasi that he served um, Antoninus. Some say it was um, uh, um, one of the Caesars, one of the famous Caesars. Um, and uh, he was sick and he gave him chicken soup and he was healed by it. So then um, next time that he didn't feel good, he asked for the, you know, for the exact recipe. So Rabbi Yehuda gave him the recipe and they made the soup and he didn't get better. So he's like, you're missing something in the recipe. So he said, it's called Shabbat. There's a spice <laughs> it's called Shabbat. There's that spirituality that's there. Um, I'm just wondering for those that are interested you know, how does, how does it work? Like for people that, that are interested in like becoming chefs or having that spiritual, you know, dynamic, you know, of, of, of these two worlds come together and they want to study this, like, what would that look like, you know, in the, in the coming years? I know you're building, building a facility, but let's say somebody wants to come on and, uh, and to be a student, what would that look like for them? What would, what would the process even entail yeah i mean so we have a pretty uh a pretty difficult process because we really want we're, we're focused on culinary leaders uh, we want people that are really go-getters that are looking to have impact wherever they go uh, hopefully some will stay in the north but um the goal is for culinary leaders and people that are really motivated and passionate and so we have online we have an application process we've already started a pre-application process uh, and it's not an, it's not a very, it's not that difficult, but it's not easy enough where you can just, you know, check a few boxes, sign your name and, and sign up. You really have to put thought into it. You have to say, you know, submit a media piece. Uh, you have to pay $101. And so, you know, there is a process and you have to actually go through it. And then once you go through that, you get accepted. And then basically we have an application process after that. That's the pre-application then a full application process where you do interviews and fill out more information. Um, yeah. So it is pretty rigorous. But the point is, we really want the right people. It's going to be a very small program uh, for this, this uh, for our flagship program, which is a 12-month culinary intensive. Um, that will be the longest program we have. And so we are hand-selecting people. And right now, we've, uh, we've only accepted three people so far into the first cohort of, of 15 wow. students. Wow. And at max capacity, I don't think we're going to be more than 60 uh, we're really keeping it small, uh, but it's a very intense program. We're basically packing like two, two and a half years worth of like culinary experience in one year, uh, wow. really giving them so much to students. I mean, they're going to go through such a journey. The first six months we call Discover. They figure things out, make sure they want to get into the area that they're going into. Because a lot of times we found out in, in our research that people go into something and they're not really sure and they don't really know. And then they next thing you know, they spent a lot of money. Uh, and while they were passionate originally, they didn't really you know hone in on what what you know, made them unique and what they where they wanted to go in terms of career. So we help avoid that by giving you six months of really trying to figure it out. Um, we call discover the next three months, engage, you get into an area or two. And the last three months is create where you do a three month, either apprenticeship or final project in the area of your choice. So we give the students the ability to choose what they get into, which is something, you know, pretty unique for a, a, a culinary institute. Um, we do a lot of things very differently um, and not to be different. You know, this is what was, it's very special about this for me is, you know, I was able to come into this situation with, you know, a fresh perspective. I had no clue what was most important for culinary schools. And I was able to really ask some of the, you know, best in the business of what was needed. And we did a whole, mm -hmm. uh, you know, summit where we had all these top professionals from all over the world help put this together. And basically, you know, we came in, said what was really needed. What, what do students need today? And the whole focus was on, you know, I remember how, that, by the way. I think I was invited I to one of them. You were, you were. 
and because one of them was uh about boring. the land and the spiritual and and exactly so um so yeah but it was amazing we had so many people and you know covid you know obviously it was a, it's an awful time um, but we were so blessed because everyone was available uh so we had some of the top chefs and people and personalities in the culinary world that were just like you know incredible so uh, we we were able to just look at it things freshly and and realize what we was really needed and then we got into we got into i mean we're creating a whole media facility uh which is amazing so we're, you know students will be creating content um being able to you know it's so important today telling your story um all kinds of entrepreneurial type work wow. uh, and activism these are three areas we get into that are not typically gotten into um and we start very differently you know usually you come into a school and they start and they show you the utensils and they show you the kitchen and how you're using we start right at the field uh, we're also having an organic farm on site. And so we're really taking on a whole new approach uh, when it comes to culinary. And it's really what's needed in the Institute. I mean, it's what's needed in culinary. And so uh, we're hoping Amazing. we uh, start a good trend. And is, and is it like subsidized? No, I mean, it's not subsidized, but there will be scholarships. So based on the needs. Um, yeah. So that will be, I mean, we know culinary institutes are expensive. Um, and what we really are looking for are the right people. And so in the first, at least, the, you know, in the first cohort, first and second cohort, you know, there'll be heavy, heavier scholarships, but uh, no matter what, our goal is to find the right people and to make sure that we raise enough funds on the scholarship side to ensure that the people that really should be there are there, no matter what, if they can afford it or not. Um, but obviously we, you know, it is a, it is a institute and we need to survive past the, you know, a few years and the goal is to be a thriving business. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I'd like to, you know, just j jumping off, on, off on that, on, on business. So your background is you, you, you have, you, you have a couple of startups that you did, you were involved with and, you know, you were involved with, um, with a bunch with a bunch of ventures, um, and um, and I I want to I want to get your your take your perspective on the spiritual uh, side of business. You know, in the spiritual, you're you so you're involved now with with a not with a nonprofit essentially, which is, but still at the same time, it is a business. So how do you, um, do you see, you know, the role of entre entrepreneurship essentially in, you know, in the spiritual, in the spiritual world? Like, you, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a thought or, you know, that many spiritual people think that, you know, that business or being entrepreneurial is not spiritual, you know, um, whereas, the truth is that it's just completely the opposite. So, right. you know, I'd love to to get your take on it. And I and I know that you have now a uh, a thirty day um, uh, it's it's a it's a course or it's a challenge of just getting yourself, which which I'd love to hear about, of getting yourself to your you know to your top top level because now we're in LL, right? And we we just you know yeah. we need to get on par and then work on what we need to work on. So. You know, are they are they two different worlds? Are they one world? How do we how do we reconcile these worlds? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, it's definitely it's just one world. And I think the epiphany for me was originally before my observant days, 
Um, you know, I, I did not grow up uh, observant. So, uh, you know, I grew up in a pretty typical secular community. And, you know, I always had the belief that I could do anything. And I think when I made the switch, um, you know, growing and, and spiritually becoming more connected, I realized that I wasn't far off, um, but I was far off because I put my faith in other people. I put my faith in myself only and never had a thought of like God in the picture. Um, and the switch for me was I can do anything with God's blessing and with God's help. And God's going to want to help me because I'm going to do the right things. You know, I'm going to treat people properly. I'm going to do exactly what needs to be done in business. I'm not going to take any shortcuts or try to, you know, you know, take money from someone or do something in a, in a way that's not going to, you know, provide a kid Hashem, you know, and, 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 you know, be the best I can be, uh, not only in business, but in life. And so I think for me, the big switch was that, that change between I can do it, I can do anything versus I can do anything, but that's only because God is blessing me in these things and that it's all from God's blessing. And so I think that mindset has just totally changed everything because it was a hard time in the beginning. I was trying to figure out like, what is, you know, but I realized, you know, I look back at all, I, at, you know, my successes and, and I realized that like, and, and my not successes. And I realized that, um, you know, when you look deeper into this, you realize that God was really holding my hand the whole time. And, you know, I didn't realize that I just, you know, the situations I was put in were, were amazing. Like everything from all the business situations I had and, you know, where I started in work and, and all these things. And, I, in the beginning, attributed, attributed them only to, to me and my, my effort. Uh, and then I grew up and I started to learn and I started to realize that, yeah, you, you know, it is your effort too. You have to put the effort in. But at the end of the day, everything comes from, from God. And I realized that the more I let go of control, uh, the more I realized that, you know, the, the, the possibilities are, are limitless. And so to me, that was the big like aha moment that it didn't change in the sense that I can do anything, but it changed that I realized that it doesn't happen without God's blessing without, you know, God kind of guiding us through it. And if it's not supposed to happen, it's not going to happen. And, and you have to, uh, to realize that. And yeah, it was, uh, I think that was the big, the big switch. And that was all I needed, all I needed. And now, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever I have to do and whatever he wants me to do, I will do. Uh, so it's, it's that simple. And you and you also have a great a great partner, uh, right hand, Yehudis. That's um, right. Wife and two beautiful, adorable kids, and one on the way, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. And um, you know, and I, and I know if, if if it's okay to you know mention it, I know for, for many years you guys were trying to have uh, children, and you did have you did go through that. Was that something? I'm that helped foster the emuna, the bitachon level. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, it's it's hard in the beginning, you know, especially as a you know as a balchuva or someone who's becoming observant. You know, you think, okay, now I'm doing everything right, and everything should happen easily. You know that that doesn't work. You know, and that's that's like anything. You know, you you know, it's the challenges that you have to just keep having faith and. You know, thankfully, you know, Yehudis is a, a very strong woman and thank God, you know, she's uh, she's amazing. And so, you know, we 
we just said, okay, it's going to be fine. We'll figure it out. And there was really no reasons for it. We went to doctors to check things out and everything was fine. Um, you know, and, and basically we just said, okay, you know, we'll just, let's take our time. Let's not worry about it, put our faith in, in God and, and, you know, fast forward to coming to Israel and like, you know, a, a year in and she's yeah, doing it. We were just like, amazing. we did nothing else different. Um, but we did take on new things. Like we would take on things like, you know, we, we heard it about, um, I don't remember if it was a letter from the Rebbe or to someone else, but like prepare for it, like buy a, buy a, um, a pack and play, you know, something for the kids. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, prepare for it and, you know, take things on. And, you know, like I took things, extra things on, I took extra chapters to him on. And I, I don't know what was the, the breakthrough, you know, I don't know what it was or if it was the right time. But at the end of the day, I don't care. You know, you put in the effort and you say, okay, you figured it out and Shem did. So it was, uh, it was a miracle. And then, you know, six months in, my, my wife couldn't breastfeed anymore. She's like, what's going on? She was pregnant again. We're like, okay. So, <laughs> you know, let the, keep, the, keep the blessings flowing, I guess. So, uh, wow. you know, it, there was, and again, there's no reason for it. There was nothing, you know, we, we didn't have any issues with anything and it just, it had to happen here and that was a, that's what we see like we were supposed to be in israel and the kids were supposed to come in israel and that was it there was nothing more than that and it was the timing and and that was it so amazing amazing and there and there's sources of blessing right that's for sure and then the sources sure. of blessing and one more coming is going to be another source of blessing oh, man god building, a new, god building a new house you know, oh man just <laughs> uh, gonna happen all these things happen so I, so I want to hear about this, this 30 day challenge. So I, so I, you know, I'm, I'm also, um, disciplined and I, and I very much value just the, the idea of getting up and, and if it's, um, if it's exercise, if it's commit committing to whatever you're committing to setting the goals and focusing on them and getting them done. Um, so what, what is this, what is this program that that you live by and and why is it that you feel like now is the time for it Elul, you know this time is why is it why is now the time more than any other time yeah i mean so we all know the whole phrase the king is in the field basically that you know god is closer in Elul. we have the opportunity to you know meet tisham in the field and and really um reflect and come closer in in, in a spiritual way in a physical way and you know Previously, before, you know, I was uh, observant, I would always do goal setting and, and do all this stuff in a, in just a, you know, normal secular way. And so as I started growing and learning, that's when, you know, I, I started getting more into and learning about Elul and the importance of Elul and realizing that was the preparation for the new year. And I always love, I love planning. I love setting these things up. And so this program, basically I've done for at least the last 10 years or more um and always like changing and refining it um mm. but basically yeah I've, i'm i'm huge into personal growth and and figuring out ways to get better in all areas of life whether it's time management or um you know using you know different uh having new like synapses happen through like using different hands and like oh there's a lot of a lot of things you can do um and so i basically read a lot of books and learned a lot and put it together uh, with all these different programs and stuff that I learned, you know, back in the day. And basically it's just a process to go through, 
um, to figure out, you know, dr I call it dream and goal templates, but it's basically, you know, your big goals and then your year and, and basically putting it in a way that is tangible. So you have your categories and you really dig deep. You first start with what's, what's my why, what's most important to, to me, what's your purpose, what you're here to do. And that's like the foundation. And then it goes into your dreams and then it goes into goals. And so it's the whole program. Basically, you, you go into each of these areas of your life, whether it's family, spiritual, financial, and they're all interrelated. Um, and you go into each one and you really ask yourself, how did I do this year? What do I want to work on? And create a plan that allows you to get there. And so I'm very, very disciplined as well. Um, and so, you know, my way doesn't have to be other people's ways, but people have asked um, if I can help and put it together. And so I figured, you know, I just put it online. Um, I'm not selling anything. I don't need anything. It's more of, I want people to push themselves in a good way and, and to, you know, do it in a way that they can really think through, you know, like it's, it's like previously, and like I said before, with like accomplishing things with things without God, you know, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, if you have a dream, you need to then go take that dream and then look at your, your why and, and ask yourself, do these align? Because if they don't align, it's probably not a good thing to be striving for. You know, if your your mission is to be, you know, a millionaire, um, and you know, but on your 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 why, it's like you know, be charitable and give to other people. You know, these things sometimes you can definitely be a millionaire, but the the point is, depending on your goal, you you can't set a goal that goes against your foundation of what you're trying to build. You know, if it's like I want to spend a lot of time with my family, but I want to spend six days working every day, the two things don't work. So you really have to like align, you know, your purpose, your why, what you're here to do, what's most important to you with the things that you're going to accomplish. And so basically I just put together this whole program that uh, allows you to do it in a systematic way. Um, but uh, it's up to each person to make their own, to do it in a way that works for them. And, you know, if you want to be intense, you can be intense. If you want to go, you know, a little lighter, you can do that as well but uh that's that's amazing so so is it like a vision board in a sense like you also that that you put together yeah so the my why can be a vision board it could be a, a writing that you put together like mine is just written down um i like to just visualize it in my head more so um than like i i like i i don't know, i think that's one of my things i'm very i can be very creative in my head and like i don't need much to uh to stimulate the thought so I have it written down, but people who want to do visions, vision boards or, or whatever works for people, that's what they should do. Uh, but you have to make it tangible. You have to make it real. You have to feel it, envision it. Um, so one way or another, if it's a vision board, you can do that if it's writing it down, but uh, it's personal preference. But yeah, vision board is a, is a great way to do it. Um, and yeah, it needs to be emotional. You have to like really feel it and you have to see it and picture it and I have a whole process before I go to bed and how I do it. And I have a whole thing, like how I did at night personally, like, so, I, so, so what is it? So, so if you could share that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, before I say Kreshma, I, I basically, um, and this is, it's not new. I used to do five minutes. Now I do six minutes. And basically the way I set it up is I do two minutes of review of the day uh, and I time it just to make sure, you know, I'm not uh, going under or over. Um, but sometimes I go over, which is a good thing, but Two minutes I spend on how the day went, what I can work on, what went well, what didn't go well, uh, and try and think back through the day. I also write it down sometimes on my phone and I'll put notes and stuff. But that's what I do for the first two minutes. 
the second two minutes, I really envision the next day and how I want to, you know, make it happen, whatever it is, whether it's meetings, how I want to wake up, what I want to do in the morning, my workout, whatever it is. So I did two minutes on kind of the now, the now and tomorrow. And then my last two minutes is really on the future. And that is the vision that, so I, I think about all these things that I, my, are my big dreams. And then at the end, I say my whole saying, I, you know, read through it and I'm visioning it in my head the whole time. And then I do Kreshma. So that's kind of how I set up my, my process at night. Um, but people, you know, some people do in the morning, some people, you know, it just Beautiful. depends. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do something kind of similar. Um, I actually have a journal. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have it here, but I would show where my, my first thing is to, is to focus on gratitude, um, where I go through all the gratitude that I have for the day. So yeah. putting down, like I have gratitude for even, you know, from the most amazing things to the most mundane things, like it was a nice day or, you know, I'm, or one of my gratitudes, by the way, almost every day is like, thank you for living in Israel. Like really? Yep. Um, and it's about it. Um, but anyways, putting down the gratitudes and then the tasks for the next day. So that's, those are my, my two things, yeah. but I, but I like the, the long-term component of that that's 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 a very that's a very interesting that's a very interesting thing um so the why so i want to because now we're 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 in the midst of elo we're in and this is my month you know be you know born in this month and 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 it's such a powerful month of really of preparing oneself whatever it is that you're going to do in your life whatever it is that you're going to do in your life your career if you're a business person you're a uh spiritual person you know like straight you're learning like all day um you're um you know you're you're a mother you know you're a whatever it is you're retired you know there's there's the why for each and every day and i think like that is what we say every single morning i have i have gratitude that you've brought me back into this day because god needs me today to to accomplish to do something to accomplish something and during this month, we get like this, this newness about it. So, so I'd love to hear more about like the, the, that component of the why, like, how do we get clearer on what it is that we're really, um, what it is that we really should be doing? And I get this question a lot, you know, where, where people are, you know, ask basically, you know, how do I know what I'm meant to be doing? And I, and I'd love to get your, your take on that. Like, how did you find out that you, you know, want to go, for example, you know, be an entrepreneur, you know, like, you know, like, how do we, how do we find out that why we live in such a confusing world right now, especially, you know, for young people trying to figure out their why, is they all want to be millionaires and they want to retire and, you know, and just live the easy life. So yeah. how do we find out the why? Yeah, I think that's where you have to get introspective uh, for each, you know, each individual has to really start to dig deep and ask ourselves the big questions, you know, like, what do I care about? Um, you know, there's always that, that saying of, you know, if you could be at your own funeral, what do you want people to say about you? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways to kind of, figure it out. You know, what are you passionate? What excites you? Like what really excites you when you're doing something, you get lost in it. You know, these are good indicators of stuff that, you know, are like the sweet spot of, of what makes you unique. You know, what do you do? Well, what do you enjoy doing? 
Um, you know, sometimes a hobby might not be the best thing for a business and could take away from, you know, the joy you have. And so you really have to, to start to look inside and, and ask these questions and, and do a good review of, of what you've done well, you know, talk to people that know you well. That's another thing, you know, you talk to them and ask them like, what do you think, you know, I should be doing or what, what would I do well at? And, you know, it's, it's a lot of introspection. It's not easy. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. Um, you know, it's just, uh, if I had that answer, then, you know, everyone would be extremely, extremely happy and successful in everything they did. And I think that's one of life's biggest challenges. Like, you know, even I, I will ask myself questions about, you know, is this actually my path or not? You know, and I just ask God, I say, God, please help guide me in the way. And I think, you know, you, you can only, you know, do so much um, on your own and giving yourself up and, and letting, you know, Hashem guide you in these ways, like, is really the, the only way with the introspection, with the hard work, with the reflection, you put it all together and then you just have to say, okay, now I'm doing it. I'm doing the work that I need to be doing. Um, and then also not avoiding the things that are hardest. That's another big thing like for me. I love to pray on my own. And so as a Balchuva and being observant, like I did not want to dive in and pray in the minion. Like, it was like, why would I want to do that? I, I feel so much more connected when I'm on my own, but that is the growth, you know? And my, one of my favorite sayings is there's, is there's no growth in the comfort zone. And so you just have to force yourself into these things. And then there's ways to slow down and you know, there's ways to, take your time with your davening and, and finding your right pace and to, to do it in a way that you can connect. Um, but, um, you know, obviously using the Torah as the, the guidebook um, and learning Hasidus and, and getting into all these areas and, and learning what you, what you like, like everyone, that's why Breslov and Chabad and everyone, you know, their souls, I believe are connected uh, to what they, you know, what what you know group of people that they are enjoyed with i mean it's part of i think your soul and so you know i think it's just and being open too, not being you know a lot of times you know you know people that i have spoken to like chabad like oh i would never you know i don't i'm not learning i don't learn blessed breast love there's so much you can learn from the rebbe it's like okay but like there's nothing wrong with learning you know rebbe nachman stuff from rebbe nachman like maybe there's stuff you can connect with and I started learning some stuff about Rabbi Nachman. I was like, whoa, there's so many similarities. Like, Nachman ben Fega. I know, I know. So it was <laughs> like, you know, I wanted to learn more about him. And, you know, I think people just have to be open and um, just dig, you know, dig deep. Because uh, like everything else, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to stay surface level. You know, my whole journey in the beginning was all surface level. It was all external stuff, you know, America, the usual, um, you know, gosh me then that was it and and so i think it's the hardest thing is to really ask yourself those hard questions like who am i like what do i care about why do i care about these things who do i love who do i want to be around why you know why do i want to be around these people what you know what makes me unique you know you just and you can you just this takes time it takes time it really takes time uh and it's developed over time you know like you learn things about yourself every day and you know the more you know, the more you really don't know. And that's where, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's the truth. Uh, but uh, the it's, questions help. Asking the hard questions help. 
yeah the question the, the qu questions always help because because we're challenging ourselves we're challenging the status quo like why do you do what you do and you're like well there's you know there's the standard everyone else is doing it but but if you're really honest and you're asking yourself why am i really doing this then you could listen to the inner voice of I'm looking for some sort of a validation. Why do I need that validation? Right? Because I had that lack perhaps, you know, from growing up and therefore I need to be a, you know, a, a, a you know, a successful person, you know, and I need to have that validation working 24 seven. Whereas, you know, whereas why do I do what I do is really a big a big mission, you know, and that's really, I, I believe that, that, that is the question of questions. That's God asks yeah. us every single day and asked Adam, Ayeka, like, where are you? You know, he, he didn't ask, where are you? Like, you know, I'm, I'm an accountant, you know, right. like, where are you? I'm an, I'm at the office. Like, where are you? You know, I'm, I'm a successful this, like, where are you really? Cause if you're working from the inside out, then what you're doing is going to have that much more of an of an impact of a real impact and um, yeah and, no and that's that's why that's why i set up this program this way you start with your why and even if you don't know your why when you start writing out your dreams and then you ask each and this is part of the process is in each dream you have to say why you're doing it mm -hmm. and, and that's the same check right there if you, if you create like i want to i want to you know mercedes you ask yourself why and you look back at all the things you just wrote about who you are and what you believe in, you'd be like, wait a second, that, that doesn't match. That's something wrong there. And that's where you can start to identify these things. And I think that's what, you know, when you dream about like, it's funny, but the, the more that I do this, the less I really, I want, you know what I mean? There's very, hmm. like, very little things that I really want. Right. Um, when you really step back about it and like the, you know, look at, at at life you know and and i think that's fascinating because because in in hebrew that's called b2 it's called nullification when you become like more it's like it, they call it minimalistic out there in the world being you know being a minimal you know like you don't need to have the big you know fancy this and that you know you're minimalistic you have a couple of, you know but on on a deeper level you're connected to the source of it all you're connected to the to to the source of all goodness, and that's your biggest why. You know, yeah. the biggest why is is I want to be connected to the source of all of this abundance, and it's just, you know, and and there's nothing greater than that, and that's where the, you know, the spiritual teachings, you know, that uh, that we're involved with, you know, are are so you know in in Torah are just such a they're 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 such a gift and they they just orient us to just you know to just do what we do in a you know in the right way in a holistic way in a moral way in a just way in a way that we call tikkun olam right we want to leave we want to yeah. leave an impression on you know on on on, on the world um so i want to if it's okay i want to ask you a couple of questions like quick questions sure. and quick answers um sure. so you know, so where do you see, you know, in, in, in 30, 40 years from, from now, what would be your greatest 
legacy? I think my my kids. It's the kids uh, doing way more than me, and and really uh, taking things to greater levels, and you know, helping to build the third base at Mikdash. And that's it, or in it, serving in it. So, washing hands and feet, whatever we got to do as baby. So beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> we we love that. Um, we're Kohanim. We 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 work together. That's right. um, who is your most uh, uh, inspirational figure? I mean, the easy one is obviously the Rebbe. Um, but you don't have to go but, standard. You could. Yeah. No. So inspirational. You said the most inspirational. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, it's 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 probably uh, a guy who actually you know brought me into uh, to basically the Jewish world, and uh, he uh, Yaakov, this guy, oh, amazing, and just. When I started my journey, you know, he tricked me into going to yeshiva for a few weeks. And um, when I came back, he literally opened his house to me every Shabbat for like a year and a half, which, you know, we host a lot of people and we enjoy having people. And I know you do as well. But having the same person in your house every Shabbat is a lot. And he you're not, you're not that bad. You're... No, but he's a machine. Like, still, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how much you love someone. Like. Shabbat is also such an intimate time to be with your family. And the fact that they literally, you know, sacrificed their family time for me, um, you know, I have not found a, a better example than, than Yaakov Loner. That's for sure. Wow. Well, his whole family, but I mean, that's obviously amazing. without the wife's uh, approval. Yeah. They're amazing. Amazing couple. So that's amazing. So um, favorite book. Um, I think Man's Search for Meaning was one of my my favorites. Uh, that was one that really like went from the outside to the inside when I was, uh, you know, again more more secular. But uh, I think that was that'd be the book. So, if you had a piece of advice that you would give yourself back uh, twenty years ago, what would that piece of advice be? Let go of control. Let go. Let uh, let it let the chips fall where they have to, and you do your part. That's it. Beautiful, beautiful. Nachman, not not Nathan. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on. My pleasure. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. Really enjoyed it. And um, want to bless you and you know and your beautiful family with a new edition that's about to come on. Uh, may may he or she. Bring uh, continuing exactly. that 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 beautiful that beautiful light that you uh, that both yeah. you and this um, instill with your children and uh, and uh, they should bring a lot of blessings to you all. Amen. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on here. Thank you, Natan. It was a pleasure to share in this conversation with you. Make sure to check out livekabbalah.com and join our online school and community to deepen your learning and living your most authentic self. Mm -hmm.